Amen. Come on, if you know God is for you, give God some praise. Keep clapping. Awesome. God loves you. God loves this neighborhood. God loves our city. God loves our state. God loves our nation. God loves this world. He's the one who created it. And he loves each and every one of us the same. And he's trying to speak to us, do we love each other the same? Instead of seeing each other through eyes of preference, do we know that he's for me and for you? And and I could be happy about that he's for you too. And that he loves you. This is going to be a powerful time where we're going to just speak hope, peace, grace, revival into our hearts. I want, you to, I want you to be filled back up today. I want you to leave here not feeling like you, you got something shoved down your throat, but something that fed you and filled you and, and encouraged you and, and maybe even removed some of the toxicity in you to heal you. It's okay to say, I need Jesus. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, I need Jesus more than you do. Because I need him. I need his healing. I need his touch. I need his love. And right now, we're going to get going, and uh, Bob is going to lead us off. Bob, come up. Go ahead. Good morning, afternoon, Bridge family. Wow, wow. Man, was that a blessed worship or what? So just because the band stopped, don't stop worshiping. Man, God's presence is here. I feel it. I feel it from you and in you. And uh, God's pleasant with our aroma today. He is pleased with our aroma. So I am blessed. My name is Bob Smart, and I'm going to speak on peace today. Boy, what a word, peace. Do we need peace in this day and age right now? Do we need peace? We absolutely do. You know what? If you could buy peace... The shelves would be empty, wouldn't it? So we're all asking, where is this peace? Where is this peace? I'm going to speak on peace. I'm going to speak what it is. I'm going to speak what is peace, where is peace, and who is peace. And I'm going to let you walk away with the knowledge of the word on how to receive that peace and walk in that peace. Do you want that peace today? Very good. So what is peace? Peace could be defined as a personality free from internal and external strife. Boy, that's just one definition, but it's, it's a mind at peace, it's a soul at peace, it's a heart at peace, no matter what's going on. But you know what? The biblical definition is much stronger. It's peace on steroids. And there's a word that the Bible uses that God uses in his word called shalom peace. And that shalom peace is full. It is overflowing. It's complete, not only in your soul, which is your feelings, your emotions, your hearts, and your thoughts, but it's in your body and in your spirit. It's full, and that's what God gives us. And for most of us, we're looking for peace in our soul, right? We're looking at peace in our soul, in our mind, in our heart, in our thoughts. We need that peace. So where is peace? I got some good news for you guys. And if you're a believer in Christ, hallelujah, peace was already provided at the time of salvation and was placed in your born-again spirit. In abundance. You can't run out of it. You can't run out of it. It's already provided. 
Okay, Jesus paid for it at the cross. In Isaiah 53, 5, Isaiah prophesied 600 years before Jesus went to that cross that he said the chastisement, the beating and punishment for our peace was upon him so we can receive that. He, he was punished so we could receive his peace. It's a non-negotiable. You have it as a born-again believer. And um, so with that, you might be asking, okay, that's good, Bob. I don't feel peace right now. I don't know how to get that peace. I don't know how to walk in that peace. Well, Galatians 5.22 also says, but the fruit of your born-again spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. God has already provided everything from the cross. Um, so we don't have to ask for it. Wouldn't it be something else if we had to always ask God, give me peace, give me peace? But I want to teach you today, we don't ask God for peace. We thank him that we already have that peace. We thank him that it's in our spirit. We thank you, thank him that when Jesus went to the cross, we've got an abundance. So grace has already provided all the peace we need for any and all situations. Good thing is, too, I don't care where you're at. You could be on an airplane Riding a mountain bike, you could be fishing, you could be praying at a hospital. Peace never leaves you, just like God never leaves you. So who is peace? Jesus is our peace. In Ephesians 2.14, for he himself, Jesus, is our peace. So how do we manifest and walk in that peace? We first need to recognize and keep our eyes on Jesus. He is the only peace in this world. And with everything going on, Jesus is the only antidote for all the sickness that this world is going through right now. And one of those things is he has given us peace. So um, how do we walk in it? We first recognize Jesus as our one and only peace in this world. We praise and thank God and believe in faith that God has already provided that peace, placed that peace in our spirit. Then by faith, we begin to declare and say, Father, thank you. God, I don't feel peace right now, but I know you've, I know you've provided it. I know I have it as a born-again believer, as a son and daughter of yours, God. You provided it. So right now I'm believing and I'm drawing as if I would draw the living water out of the well. I'm drawing that out of my spirit. I'm saying, thank you, Father. I draw that peace out. I focus on you, Jesus. I don't care what's going on right now. I have your peace. I'm going to manifest your peace. I'm going to walk in your peace. No weapon formed against me can stop me from receiving what I received at the cross. Jesus gave a lot. He suffered a lot. So why don't we take a lot? right? He wants us to take a lot. <clears throat> so when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart and begin to understand what's already ours, we begin to appropriate it by faith. We begin to call it forth. Pastor Landon's always, always telling you the power of your words. The power of death and life are in the tongue. Call forth that peace. Speak that peace. We don't ask the Father for peace. Um, we thank the Father, like I said. Receiving God's peace must be sought with your heart by faith. We must in these times and in all times keep our minds stayed on Jesus. And there's a scripture in Isaiah that says a mind stayed on the spirit is life and peace. A mind stayed on the flesh is destruction. So with our, with our heart, I want you guys to understand that you have it. And it might take a process. Peace is a process like receiving anything else from God. We got to believe what his word says is true. We got to believe that we have things that we cannot see, that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing, that we've been given everything. Father has provided all of our needs according to the riches in Christ Jesus. That scripture should run. You probably ask yourself, I don't get that because you don't know what you have. So today, I want you to walk away knowing you have peace. 
And when you, in the worst situation, I want you to close your eyes. This is what I do. I close my eyes and say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Oh, Jesus, I see that well. I see that well. I'm drawing from that well within me. I'm drawing out that peace that passes all comprehension. It's mine. It belongs to me. I'm meant to walk in peace, Father. I receive it. And, you know, sometimes it takes 15 minutes, 20 minutes for me to get to me to manifest that peace, but it always, always comes. So here's your scripture today, Colossians 3.15. I knew I threw some others, but this one I want, to rem- want you to remember. It says, let the peace of Christ, that peace that he suffered for, that peace that he gave us, the peace that he provided from the cross, rule in our hearts as we are called to one body and be thankful. So, Bridge, let's pray. Let's pray about peace right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you provided everything we need, Father. We don't have to ask you to do it. We can count on you that you've already provided it, Father. And in this world, God, we're also peacemakers. So, God, the peace that we manifest with ourselves, would we be able to communicate and give that peace to whoever is in front of us, God? The FaceTime with whoever and whomever you put in front of us, God. We pray, God, that we would start to begin to believe that we have this peace. And we would start to just call upon and keep our eyes on Jesus, for he is our peace. And, God, wherever we go in these times, let your peace reign through our hearts. That people would see a calm about us. People would see a, a gentleness about it. But the fruit of all the Spirit, not just peace, but everything, Father. So today, God, we walk away knowing God, how to receive that, knowing that you are peace and knowing that we have everything that we need. So, so Bridge Church, we pray that when you go out today with your families, God, with, with people that you don't even know, it doesn't matter. Whoever's in front of you, I want you to remember, you're a peacemaker and a peace giver because you're a peace receiver for all Jesus did and, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. What a good word. Thank you, Bob. We are called to walk in peace, amen? Well, hello, Bridge fam. It's so good to see all of you. I love you all so much. When I say, it's, I'm so glad you made it today. That is so genuine, so deep. I'm so glad every single one of you are here today. And I get to talk on hope today. And I just pray, like Bob said, that you leave here with peace and that you also will leave here with hope, a hope for your future. We've seen during this season, this time, how quickly relationships, personal finances, jobs, we've seen how those can crumble, how those can quickly fade away. As believers, our hearts should break for what breaks Jesus' hearts, and we should mourn with those who mourn. But we keep our eyes focused, right? We keep our eyes locked on Jesus. As we pray, as we stay in his word, because we cling to the hope. Because hope is not just wishing, but hope is expecting. Hope is knowing that he will come through, amen? That you can hope for your family. You can hope for your generations to come, for your children. You can hope for our nation. Your hope is not gone today. So as I read this scripture and I pray with you today, I just pray that you would let hope sink into your bones today, sink into your soul, that you can have hope. Proverbs 23, 18 says, Proverbs 23, 18, it says, there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. And Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So today, we pray with expectation that hope would start to ignite in your life, that you can hope again. So I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, even lift your hands high like you're receiving a gift from God. Lord, I pray hope over these people. I pray hope into their lives, into their families, into this nation, Lord, that hope would start to ignite, Lord. We've seen anxiety. We've seen fear. We've looked those suicidal thoughts in the face, Lord, but they have no place anymore, Lord. They have no authority, Lord. They've got to go. Fear has got to go. Depression has got to go. Anxiousness has got to go, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hope is rising. Hope is coming to life in your people, Lord. You have desired hope for them, that they would hope again, that they would dream again, Lord, that their future is bright. So we stand in expectation today, knowing that there is more to come, that the best is yet to come, Lord, and we declare it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Let's give a shout for Jesus. Jesus. Man, I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. And as I look around in this crowd, I only see winners. I only see champions. I only see the sons and daughters of God. You know why? Because God never created a loser. God never created us to be defeated. He never has created us to be lower. He always created us to be the head and never the tail. To always be leaders and never followers. To always be the best. So that the world can have a light to know where to look at. Amen. And so today I want to share a scripture with you. It's in Hebrews 4, and it's on grace. Oh, what a lovely word. And it's a power-packed word. You know why? Because grace signifies something that we don't earn, something that we don't work for, something that we don't have to do to obtain, but we receive it anyways. You know why? Because on the cross, Jesus took all the bad that we deserved so that we can receive all the good that he deserved. Amen. That's the word grace. And in Hebrew 4, it says, therefore let us, therefore let all of Flagstaff come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in times of need. We're in a time of need, people, aren't we? So what do we do? What's the answer? To come boldly. To the throne of grace. And that word, that phrase boldly means come speaking. I always thought that it meant I needed to come courageous. I needed to hype myself up. No, but the Bible means that come speaking. Fearlessly speaking. Speaking with boldness. Saying, hey, Father, I need this, Father. Jesus, come now, Jesus. Why can we speak like that? Because we're no longer slaves. We're no longer servants. Now you and I, we're sons and daughters kings and queens of Christ and because of that now we can come boldly speaking whatever it is that we need amen and know this it's easy to speak with boldness when things are okay right it's easy to speak with courage when everybody's following you 
Amen. When the family is behaving, when finances are good. But real courageous men and women of God speak in the midst of the storm. Real courageous kings and queens declare those things that are not as though they are. We see to believe. We don't have to see to believe. We see it and therefore we believe it. Amen. Man, what a, what a beautiful Jesus we serve. He gave the best of himself for you and I. So as we leave here today, as we, as we continue in our worship, as we continue in our word, know this, that Christ for you and I paid it all. And so all that is needed for, all, for you and I to do is to just receive it. And I know that goes against some of us, for, against our culture, sometimes against our upbringing, because we've always been taught that the only way to succeed is if you do. The only way to be better is if you dress somehow or speak somehow. But no, my friend, that is not how it is. The reality is that now we are the best, most highly favored kings and queens of God because of one, our Lord Jesus Christ. And now let me speak to the Latin community. Quiero hablar al mundo latinoamericano. Quiero decirte que de aquí en adelante ya basta de hablar como latinoamericano. Ya basta de hablar conforme a tus circunstancias. Ahora de aquí en adelante hay que hablar como rey, como reinas, como hijos, hombres de Dios y mirar a Jesucristo y nada más. Amén. Y así vas a ver cómo la circunstancia va a cambiar en tu vida y en tu mundo y en tu país. Aquí en Flagstaff. Amen. Let this be the day where we say no more are we going to look to our circumstance. Now we're going to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So let us pray now, bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you have chosen this generation to be here for such a time as this. I declare that the greatest men in history the greatest preachers, the greatest kings, the greatest historians, the greatest biblical figures, they're not dead, they're alive, and they're right here, right now, in Bridge Church, in Flagstaff, and I believe that the Lord is going to raise us up, elevate us to a level that we have never seen before, because it's you and I that the Lord is going to project his light. Project his love. Project his grace. And now because we have something that we never deserve, now we can give it. Pastor Landon just said something very beautifully. We cannot give what we don't have. We cannot speak what we don't have. But we have it, people. We have his love. We have his grace. We have his power. We have his victory. And therefore now we can give it to a world that's hungry, that's needing it. Amen. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this moment, Lord. And as we continue, Father, I ask right now that you drop a double portion of your spirit of grace in everybody here. And we also lift up all the police officers in this town, Father. We lift up our mayor. We declare the fresh anointing baptism of the Holy Spirit in their lives right now. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Awesome. So incredible. We're going to close here in just a second. Uh, so we're ending. Our neighbors have let us know that they're ready for us to stop all the noise. And so it's all good. We don't, we're not trying to make everybody angry. Uh, but we're also here to just demonstrate our faith and our love for Jesus. And so I'm thankful you're able to be here today.
And I'm thankful we were able to pray together, worship together, and I can't wait to be back in the sanctuary together next week. Uh, and again, make sure you RSVP. I'm going to pray about revival. But let me tell you real quick what revival looks like. Revival looks like Jesus. The Bible says he was so tired. Anybody been tired? Raise your hand if you've been tired this last 13 weeks. He was so tired he sat down. But he didn't just sit down anywhere. He sat down next to a well who happened to have a woman of a different race who came and sat down next to him. It wasn't by chance. It was on purpose. And the first word she started off with is, you're not like me. And he continued a dialogue and a conversation because he refused to allow any ignorance to get into his mind or his heart to feel like he's not going to be empathetic, he's not going to be compassionate. And he listened and he had a conversation that not only changed her life, but it changed the entire town's life. Because the ministry of Jesus was able to sit down and talk with somebody to change their heart about who Jesus is in their life and how wonderful they are, how valuable they are, how treasured they are in his sight. Because he had that conversation, she went back running and she brought the whole city with her to find out who Jesus was. I hope that we can see what revival really should look like. Revival looks like saying, I might not know it all. Look to your neighbor and say, I don't know it all. So let's stop pretending like we do. Because I don't. I have my perspective. But revival happens by seeing a greater perspective. Revival happens by saying, just like, G, just like the, the story Jesus taught about the prodigal son, it was a revival in the home. They all celebrated. They were all excited. Why? Because the, the son had returned. And he said, hey, you matter, young man. I love you. I'm going to put a coat on you, a ring on you, sandals on you. How many of my Andrizo men do I have out there who could cheer? Some of my bridge men who know what the prodigal son story really means to you and how you were received when you came back home and loved. But we can't be like the brother who says, hey, why are you giving him all the attention? My life matters too. Didn't I've earned it. I've worked. I didn't get everything for free. I, I hey, don't no one's saying that, son. The father, I love the father. Didn't Jesus say you have too many teachers and not enough fathers? Can I speak to fathers? The revival happens through the spirit of the father. And the father went and took to the son who felt like he was undervalued and underappreciated. Said, "Son, it's okay. I love you just as much." Older brother, can you love me while I love the other brother, and then I'll come back and love you too? I love you both the same, but my attention needs to be the one who feels like he's broken and damaged and hurt, and the whole house celebrated. And when you learn how to celebrate how someone else is being loved and appreciated, you'll start seeing appreciation and love and value come your way. But as long as you withhold celebration in your heart to say, I'm not going to clap for that. I don't agree. I feel like there's an agenda. Why are you letting the devil speak to you with an agenda when it should be God who's giving you your assignment? That's what we need to change. Don't allow that. We need to be the church on an assignment, not on an agenda. We're on an assignment to change the world. Revival.
Psalms 80 verse 19 says, restore us. Somebody say, restore us. Revive us, Lord, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. This is powerful. Revival is here. Revival is what we need. Revivals are messy. Revival is never easy. It always costs more than you think. It costs the life of prophets, judges, kings, apostles. It costs the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But the reward of revival is greater than the risk. Revival will change the world, heal our land, and set a fire in our souls. Change history and make an impact for eternity. The issues we face today around the world are too much for anything or anyone other than the power of God's revival. His revival brings hope. His revival brings life. His revival speaks into the depths of who we are and brings the results and what we desire. Revival restores. Revival awakens. So wake up, people of God. Revival of God. Restore our hearts, our minds, our spirits. We need to take a revival and have a revival of kindness a revival to ourselves and others, to friends and enemies, to those who are agree with us and disagree with us, to those who are on the streets and guarding the streets, to those who are hurting and frustrated and angry and afraid. We need a revival of kindness to melt the hardened heart. We need a revival to heal and mend the broken heart. We need a revival of kindness. We need a revival of understanding to understand where others are coming from, to understand what others are saying, to understand what others are feeling to understand that when my brother in Christ says my life matters, it doesn't mean that mine doesn't. Understanding to know how to respond to a cry of pain. Understanding to know that we are all God's children. Understanding to know that we are all in need of help. And we need to help those who are hurting. We need a revival in our understanding to listen to the person and the need to be slow to speak and quick to listen, to be slow to anger and quick to forgive, to not hear these phrases that everybody wants to use as trigger words like all, blo- all lives matter, black lives matter, no more rioting, looting is crazy, protesting c- must continue, white privilege, race bait, and hundreds more of these phrases. And we need to not respond with ignorance, but with a revival of understanding, having a desire to listen to others, to receive and to understand where they are coming from. The trap of the devil is a fence. Don't allow him to ensnare you in the opposite of understanding. Pray God brings a revival of understanding in your life. Allowing yourself to say, I might not know it all. I might be wrong. What could I learn? Where can I grow? Don't allow the devil to define things with his agenda. Let God speak to revive and restore your understanding with his assignment. Let's pray for a revival of compassion. Let's pray for a revival of love. Let's pray for a revival of peace, of hope, of justice, of equality, of grace and life. And I want you to rejoice today in revival. Rejoice knowing that revival is here and it is happening. Revival of new souls to the kingdom. Revival of the sound of justice coming to those in need. Rejoice that revival is here. Peace is happening. Healing is taking place. Revival of reconciliation is happening, Bridge Church. Pastors and leaders and Christians and men and women around the world are coming together in a greater level of faith and unity like never before to respond to the clarion call of revival. We need to respond to that call. We need to respond with a greater level of unity and faith. 
We need to surrender to Christ, lay down our lives, and allow him to be the way, the truth, and the life for us. We rejoice that revival is here, and we will choose to be a part of it. We will be the light of the world and the salt in the world that God has called us to be and watch revival happen in us and through us. We pray for revival to happen more than just in our nation, but in every heart, home, and life. Revival is what we need, and revival is here. Lord, we thank you for revival, and we celebrate that revival is here, and we thank you, God, for this opportunity to worship together. And everybody said amen. Amen. Awesome. Good. So glad to be here. So glad to be out together today. This is what we came out for, and we're so excited. This is what it's all about. I wish we could do this every day. But I can't wait to join with you on Sunday in the house and continue to fill up multiple services. We're almost at that tipping point where the majority of our city is becoming a Christian city, a city that calls on the name of Jesus. Yeah, we could, we could celebrate that. That's huge. And it's going to happen all over our state and our nation because that's what our world needs more than anything. And I thank you for tuning in and being here with us today. I thank you for listening to me. I thank you for hearing it because when you hear it, you receive it. And so everybody who's got ears to hear, man, it's going to change their life. And I'm so thankful for God's grace and the revival spirit. We're going to declare our bridge blessing together. And then our, our security and ushers team, they're going to help you exit the parking lot. So they're going to come through, and they're going to take care of it. So our, the guys in bridge shirts, they're in blue bridge shirts. Look for them. They'll be guiding, directing traffic to help make sure you get out appropriately and safely, okay? So that way we can make sure no one gets hit or anything crazy happens or nobody gets stuck. All right? So don't make a rush for it when we dismiss. But Emily and I want to pray this. Why don't you speak it, hon, and we'll close the service. Amen. What great words that we received today. Amen, Bridge Church. You know, it's important that we, we know that we are good soil, right? That the seed that is cast, we want to put our hands over our heart. We want to say, God, I want to be good soil. Amen. We don't want it to fall on fallow ground. Amen. We want to take the words that have been spoken today and let them develop in our heart. Amen. And that's going to come through the power of the Holy Spirit and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, which is a gift, not a condemnation. Conviction and condemnation are two completely different things. Isn't that a beautiful gift, Bridge Church? I just wanted to say that really quick before we dismiss. Let's speak our bridge builder blessing together. Let's put our hands over our heart. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best. Why? Because I am a bridge builder. Amen. We love you guys. And otter pops are coming. We all know that's why you really came today. Love y'all. We are so glad you joined us today. If this message spoke to you and you decided to make a spiritual decision, we would love to connect with you. You can do that by sending us an email to info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you took that step today.
Also, if you are new to our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift that we would love to send you. You can also email us at info at wearebridge.church and share some information so we can send that gift to you. Again, we're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. So stay connected, because remember, we're better together. Bye, Bridge fam.